In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Our Father, we thank you because you have heard us and you always hear us because we pray according to your will. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Before we take our seats, let us declare the word of understanding. Are you ready? Now let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In our spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I am bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Understanding is your portion today in Jesus' name. Amen. That which was dark to you will become clear today in the name of Jesus Christ. Can you greet somebody on your left or your right? Tell the person. You are very wise with God's wisdom. God's wisdom is your portion. Today, you will have greater understanding than ever before. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. If you believe, give me an amen. Amen. It's our school of prayer again, so let's continue learning what it means um, to pray. Jesus said men ought always to pray and not to faint or get tired or be discouraged. When people are discouraged, they start making statements like, we have prayed enough. Yes, because sometimes when you don't see the results that you are expecting from prayer, you start wondering, what is it that I have not done? So when that's okay, what we need is action. Listen, what we need is more prayer. <laughs> the Lord is good. Yes, that's the way it works. Men ought always to pray and not to get tired and not to lose heart. Now, what I want to share with us briefly today before we continue the prayer we've been doing for some time now is a continuation of what we were sharing last time. We're going to emphasize it again. Let's not forget life is a battle. Never forget it. Life is a battle. Every time we are fighting for something, and we must be careful to recognize that God says we are his warriors. We are the people that are fighting with him. So those who are with him are the called, the chosen, and the faithful. Very important. Jesus needs those people. Jesus needs them. What we experience on the earth is not necessarily the will of God. If it was automatic, Jesus would not have made it a prayer point. He said, Thy will be done. He taught us to pray so that the will of God will be done. That is, if we don't pray, things will still happen, but they may not be the will of God. Please, I, I just felt like um, I should explain this again. I thought about it this morning. There is a difference between the will of God and what God commands to be done. God is a judge. He's a ruler. Nothing can take place on this earth without his approval. The devil doesn't have that power. There's one doctrine we used to preach those days. I don't believe it's accurate. That ever since Adam fell, Satan now does what he likes. The Bible does not support that. You will see that God has put a limit each time. Even the kind of temptation that can come to you, he has a limit. Is that not what the Bible says? That he won't let you be tempted more than you are able to bear. That's scripture. If Satan could just tempt any temptation he likes to tempt at any time he feels like tempting, 
then that scripture wouldn't be true. That means he could just come and say, look, this guy, he will fall at level uh, level 5, no matter what happens. So let's put him on level 7, that there will be no chance. The Bible says that if God allows you level 7 temptation, you can be at level 8. Are you getting my point? And like I say all the time, people often fall for temptation, and they say, I could not help it. The truth is that they fell, the time they are trying to resist, they've already fallen. I don't know whether you are getting my point. They've already fallen. They now want to resist. God gave them the ability to resist, but that was at a different time. Our good example is, um, uh, not, yeah, Samson is one, but the one I was thinking about is uh, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Their temptation is not the time to bow. It was the time to eat. Do you, uh, you get my point? Yes, sir. The time to bow, God had taken over at that time. And even though you were to place them in front of the fire, they had lost their ability to bow. That decision was made in the time of food. In the time of food, there was no Nebuchadnezzar. There was, is it Ariok or Ariot or whatever, you know, the, 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 the man in charge of the, you know, the eunuchs, you know, those guys, that guy. It, it, was, it was not as terrible as Nebuchadnezzar. You could speak with him. You could call him and say, good afternoon, sir. Can I talk to you, sir? I'm one of the Jewish boys that I just brought into the school. Uh-huh. Can I help you? He's just a principal. He's not the king. You don't negotiate with the king like that. The king, you obey. As soon as the king arrives, as soon as you get before him, he says, Hey, Shadrach, Meshach, I beg you, what did I hear? You guys don't want to bow. No, I don't believe it. Now you are going to hear the sound again of the trumpet, the cymbal, the disc, the trombone. Once you hear it, you are going to bow. He doesn't understand. Let's, no, this guy says, King, let's, there's no need to be careful. Let's just tell you it will not happen. Now, what I'm trying to say, they were not resisting at that time. They resisted before then. The problem with many Christians is that when they could have resisted, they said it doesn't matter. So they sat down, ate everything that they put before them. They said, oh boy, see food. Said, this is seafood. The kind of food we didn't have in Jerusalem. Seafood. You call this captivity? I call it abundance. <laughs> this is not captivity. Seafood. They said, this food is not right. That one looks like it's pork. We Jews don't eat. He said, this is not Jerusalem. When you are in Babylon, you eat like Babylonians. <laughs> they, they will use all kinds of excuses to eat. They want to not say bow. They say, no, we can't bow. We will not bow. Like I said before, the weight of your stomach will pull you down. Don't worry about that. <laughs> you will have eaten so much that you will go down. That's just the thing about it. People don't realize that. Now, what I'm saying is that, you see, the word of God is true. When he says he will not allow you to be tempted more than you are able to bear. And with every temptation, he will provide a way of escape. Is the word of God. So Satan doesn't have that power to just get up and tempt any way he likes. So, back to what I was trying to say. Satan doesn't control everything that happens around. He doesn't. God needs to authorize. That is why he's a tempter. And he's an accuser. He tempts, then he accuses. Before the judge, then God now issues a decree. You know, the will of God is that no one should perish. But the same God said, who will entice Ahab? To go to Ramos Gilead so that he might perish there. It was never his will that anyone should perish. So why was it that he decided that Ahab needed to go to Ramos Gilead 
and perish there. It was because of the sin of Ahab and his household. So the death of Ahab was not the will of God, but it was the command of the Almighty. That was why Jesus said, pray that the will of God will be experienced. Sometimes when you explain these things, people think that you are saying that God is responsible for every evil in the world. <laughs> He's the judge. I mean, when bad things happen, when Noah and his household is saved and the rest of the world is wiped out, we know it was his decree, but it was not his will. That's why he will say things like, I sought for a man to stand between me and these people, stand in the gap, so I would not pour forth my wrath, my indignation upon them. But I found none. For that reason, I'm going to have to do it. He never wanted to do it. But as a just God, he had to do it because they continued in their iniquity and there was no intercessor. That's the principle. So that's why God will get up, decree destruction. And it doesn't, it won't look nice. It will not look nice. We will wonder why come so much evil is going on. Are you saying that God does this? People will say that it's not, God cannot, God is too good for that. God is more righteous than good. You must understand that. The foundation of his throne is righteousness. He has established his throne in righteousness. What does righteousness mean? The soul that sins must die. God will not leave the sinner unpunished. There always has to be punishment for sin. Because he knows that, he now gave deliverance. So that if you are a sinner, this is the mercy of God. You can repent, confess your sins, depart from those sins so that you not be mocking God. And then he now takes your, these things still has to be punished. So he takes the punishment and applies it to Jesus Christ. That is what is called forgiveness. Forgiveness is not overlooking. Let's not talk about it again. We are friends. Let's just forget the past. God doesn't do that. When he forgives you, it means he takes the sin. He takes the consequences. He takes the death and removes it from you and says, but the sin has been committed. The consequences must come. He says, where will it come? He says, all right, Jesus will now come and say, Put it on me. And that's what he has done for all of us. Each time you confess your sins and repent, it is retro applied to the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. That's the meaning of the cross of Jesus. God's righteousness does not allow him overlook any bit of iniquity. In Israel, they had, listen, they had to offer the sacrifices regularly for even the sins they did not know when they committed. Because his righteousness, his absolute righteousness and holiness does not allow him just to overlook. Okay, don't worry, you know he's a small boy. The soul that sinned, he shall die. The mercy of God is that he sent his only begotten son to go and collect the death that was due to you and that was due to me. That is the mercy of God. Are you getting my point? That's just the way it works. So you find out that the will of God, therefore, it's not necessarily what we experience every day. The will of God is something we pray into existence. That's my emphasis. It's something we have to pray into existence. If it wasn't like that, Jesus would not have told us so. If it wasn't like that, he would not have bothered to tell us that. That's why I said, when they asked him, how do we pray? One of the things he told them, pray, thy will be done. Which means that if I'm seeing my life is not going according to what is recorded in scripture, I make it a prayer point. Like we prayed earlier. Since the things that they say will happen in the last days, men will be lovers of themselves. Why didn't God stop it? Are you getting my point? He can't, I mean, He has given that to human beings. Okay? You want to love yourself? Here is self to love. 
But you now pray and say, well, it's going to happen like that, but not to me. It doesn't mean it's the will of God. So what I will now do, I will now pray that I, in my life, the will of God will be done. So I take the word of God that says, let this mind also be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. So instead of me being a lover of myself, I'll be a lover of God who will be obedient to God even to the point of death. And I pray that will be done in my life. If I notice that, ah, I'm seeing traits of lover of self in me, it becomes a prayer point. That's what it means when it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That is, my life must conform, must align with that which is recorded. Please, let's get this point clear. That's what prayer is about. You know, I was in Benin over the weekend. That's why I was around on a Saturday. And we were teaching. I guess some of the things that we have got rich there in here, I'm going to teach maybe on Saturday. You know, sometimes Christians, the problem is that, look, we don't believe God enough. That Jesus said, how do you prepare for your future? You know, God gave us a way to pray for our future. He did. The world gave us a way. So we apply ourselves to the ways of the world, which is save 10%, bank 10%, you know, so 10%. This is not give, you know. <laughs> there was a time when I was a young student Christian, I hated the world so. And so if somebody says sowing to my life, I get away, I'm not sowing. If you're hungry, let me know, I'll give you money to eat. Don't, this sowing thing, leave me out of it. Why? Because I saw the soul as so selfish. <laughs> it was so selfish. It was so selfish. So everything is so, at least what am I going to reap? I'm giving, what am I going to get? Anyway, so we do all of those things. We just put it together. At the end of the day, what we are doing is going the way of the world. But it's the way of Christ. The Christ said, if you are faithful in that which belongs to another person, then God will give you your own. Now, this is where I'm going. Christians, do we apply ourselves to these things enough? We don't. Churches will organize investment meeting. One man will come from the world. Let's not lie. He comes from the world. And gives us the world's methods to secure our future, except that he starts with prayer. Let us pray. <laughs> Father, as we go into the world, we ask of you today. Oh, sorry, into the world. <laughs> it's the world. We ask of you today to bless us with our laying up, laying up of treasure on the earth. Let moth not eat our own. As we lay up <laughs> treasure on the earth, let thieves not break in and steal. Rebuke the devourer. Remember, we paid you 10%. You will rebuild the devourer for our sake. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, 17 keys of investment. One, everything worldly. You know, I've never been to a church where we organize a seminar how to be faithful in that which belongs to another person. You know, that's what Jesus said we should have been doing. Instead of getting bankers and investors to come and teach us, we should have gotten people who have served. Say, how to be faithful in that which belongs to another person. How to be a true shepherd even though you were hired. How to be like a true son even though you are just a servant in that company. And we'll take one week. You know we don't do that. You know why? We don't believe him enough. It doesn't make sense. How can I say, how do I plan for my future? It's how to make my boss richer. But you know what? That's what Jesus said. Not me. Don't mention my name. It's Jesus that said it. He that is faithful in little is the one who is faithful in much. I'm going somewhere. So when we are praying for ourselves, actually, when he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that's what he meant. 
That when you want to plan for your future, you start praying according to the word. Say, Lord, I got a job in this company. Let's plan for my future. <laughs> if not, what is my exit strategy? What is my promotion strategy? What is my invest? Uh, what do you call it? Like those days, bankers were very useless people. When I was younger, they are better now. They, they were very useless people. They were the most undependable set of human beings the Lord had in Nigeria. If you wanted to see a, a, a workman that you couldn't count on, you get a banker. Why? If he resigns from here and goes to the next bank, they will promote him. He works there for six months. Once they make him an assistant manager, he resigns, applies to another bank. So you see one 28-year-old boy. He says he's a manager, a deputy manager. He has worked in eight banks since he graduated five years ago. And you start wondering, your CV is so full. Faithfulness was not part of their training. So God said, now go see. God said, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for all of you. And I'm, I'm sure it's all Christians that he punished the most. Who knew the truth? Because they knew the truth and did not work with it. Just look for one bank. Come. Consolidate with four other banks. It's the decree of the Almighty. So they will consolidate. So you used to have 20 managers. Do you still need 20? They said, no, we need only four. Yeah, sack the six. It was God saying, no. God said, look, what you need is faithfulness. People have strategies for growing up. And I discussed with believers. They said, no, that is the fastest way to move forward. You were not called to move forward. You were called to obey God. There are times obedience to God. Say, move backwards. That's what happened to Abraham. Abraham was living in a good house. He moved to a tent. That was obedience to God. Modern day, we can talk about people like uh, G. Lake, who was living in good houses in the United States. They moved to South Africa and was moved from one village to the other. Same Pretoria from there, move. You know, go to rural areas, go to different places. Obedience to God was the watchword. What I'm trying to say. So when we are praying about seeking first the kingdom of God, it is not about how to put our things together. It's how to obey his word. So like we were leading the prayer earlier, let us pray. Say, this week, Lord, faithfulness is my watchword. Declare. We begin to declare in the name of Jesus. Every unfaithfulness, I cast you out of my life. In the, I like the way we pray here. We don't remember enemies. We don't remember spirits that people and mother. We don't repent <laughs> as mondus <laughs> in kubus, sukubus. We don't remember them. We don't. Because like the prince says, when the church is busy doing what it's supposed to be doing, the Lord will take care of its enemies. Very, very important. That's how it works with us believers. So when we are praying, what we are doing is establishing the will of God first in our own lives. The will of God is not what we see automatically. And I said that earlier. The will of God is not what we see automatically. It is that which we pray into existence. We see things on the air doesn't mean it's the will of God. If we don't like it, we start declaring God's word upon it. Thy will be done. It is not contradictory. That's one thing I find a lot of people who are teaching faith and all of that. They think that you're confusing the character of God. You're not confusing the character of God. God is a judge and is a father. He loves. John's so strong on love, on the love of God. He loves, but he's also righteous at the same time. And if I use David Poffison's expression, that God loves righteousness more than he loves people. If God has to choose between killing people and sustaining his righteousness, he will kill two people just to think about it. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He will sustain his righteousness first. 
even if it means wiping out the whole population on the earth. So don't feel like, what is happening? What where is God looking when people are dying? God said, this is, that death is called righteousness. He said, the destruction has been determined and it is overflowing with righteousness. So Jeremiah wanted to preach. He said, Jeremiah, shut up. Too late. He said, Jeremiah, be quiet. This is too late. People say he doesn't do bad. <laughs> I opened my Bible. I went through all the places he did what we call bad. He said, I have determined. Listen to me. This is very important. He said, I have determined destruction against these people. So I'm about to invent evil against them. You know, people say that God doesn't do I said, which Bible do you read? Because the one I read, they say he only allows. He didn't say so. You are the one that said so. He said, I do it. And he used different words. So that you one word that you will get his point. He used different words. Let me just read a few of them to you. You see where I'm going with all this, my talk. I just want to give you a few examples. Jeremiah 18, verse 11. God said, Therefore, Jeremiah, go and warn all Judah and Jerusalem. Say to them, This is what the Lord says. I am planning disaster for you instead of good. <laughs> That's New Living Translation. You can read from Micah chapter 2. Just a few examples. I looked through them the other day when we were having a discussion with somebody. You know. Micah chapter 2 verse 3. It said, Therefore thus says the Lord, Behold, I am planning against this family a calamity from which you cannot remove your necks. He said, And you will not walk haughtily, for it will be an evil time. God said, I'm planning it. I'd rather take this Bible or we don't accept it. Amos chapter 9 in verse 4. He says, and though they go into captivity before their enemies, from there I will command the sword that is slay them. And I will set my eyes against them for evil and not for good. In Isaiah chapter 45, he says, describing God, he said, the one forming light and creating darkness. That's the Lord speaking. I am the one forming light and creating darkness, causing well-being and creating calamity. I am the Lord who does all these. He didn't say who allows. He said who does all these. Like I said to brethren that time when we were discussing with my brethren, I said, we shouldn't be arguing on who does, who doesn't. We should ask on why. Our question should be on why. Does he delight in it? The Bible says no. He does not delight in the death of the wicked. He does not. But he wants everybody to repent. But when they don't, he determines a destruction overflowing with righteousness. And sometimes, before he gets to that point, he said, no, let's not happen. I need people to stand between me. You see, that's the thing. Because if you don't understand all of these things, the way we respond to issues in, in the country in, at this time, it, you know, it, it's, it, it will be erroneous. We'll be there cursing the, the Serbians attacking Job. You don't ask what, what they were looking for. They will send them. We'll be there rebuking the Babylonians who, who will come to attack Judah and Jerusalem. We'll be there shouting against the Assyrians, attacking Israel. We will not ask ourselves, how did they get there? Who summoned them from afar? God said, oh, I call a bird of prey from the east. I whistle for, for it. Come, come and feed on prey. He said, I summoned a man of my purpose from a distant country. I'm emphasizing the fact that there's a difference between the will of God and what we experience. And, but what we experience is always the decree of God. You cannot rebuke the Assyrians if the Lord has commanded them to go and destroy Israel. You cannot rebuke the Babylonians if God sent them against Judah and Jerusalem. What you could do, or what you can do, 
is to warn people and ask the Lord. Now, listen to what I want to say. I believe it totally. You ask the Lord for mercy. What his mercy does is to give time. It's against his righteousness to sustain peace for evil people permanently. It's against his righteousness. Say, but Jesus died. They have to believe it. And if they believe it, it shows in their repentance. They don't just believe it with their head and claim faith is in their heart. Then they continue their evil ways. It doesn't work like that. When they believe, it shows in their works. That was what James meant when he said faith without works is dead. When we pray for peace, peace comes giving us time to promote righteousness. Peace comes giving us time to preach the gospel of Jesus. I began all of this time to emphasize something. Don't ever forget. It's warfare. Satan likes the way it's going. You keep on enticing believers, it's not your fault. It's the devil's fault. <laughs> it's the enemy's fault. It's Boko Haram's fault. They are evil people. It's the herdsmen's fault. They are looking for foliage, earth, land for their crop, for their animals. It's their fault. It's not your fault, oh. You, you didn't do anything wrong. In fact, pack your load, go to a safe country. Let me warn again, Christians, there is nothing like packing your load and going to a safe country. If you have that mentality, the Lord has sent calamity ahead to that place for only you. I'm sorry I sound like that. Only in God. You must understand the way God is a jealous God. Anywhere his children put their faith and their hope apart from him, he has a personal duty to make the place unsafe. He has a personal responsibility to make the place bad. He does not, unless he has given up on them. In which case he wants to judge them with the world. If he hasn't, he said, no, anything, look, I I say joking all the time, but you know I believe it. If you think health is in jogging up and down, God said, you will jog, you will fall into a gutter, break a leg. But if you understand that health is in Christ Jesus, are you getting my point? Only in the Lord are righteousness and strength. Safety is of the Lord. I am the Lord that he led thee. When you receive that, and you now start jogging for the sake of keeping fit, just feeling happy, the dangers will guard you, protect you against fail, truck failure, then all the brake cars failing brake, protect you, you make sure you are fine. Then when you want to go out to jog in the morning, you raise your hand and say, Father, I thank you for keeping me safe and healthy. As I'm going out to jog this morning, you are keeping me safe and healthy. I will not drop down dead. There are men who have jogged. And while they are jogging, while they are jogging, they are falling down and dying. <laughs> there are athletes that have died. Doing their, 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 there was one who died earlier on this year, 30-something, a former footballer, currently a coach, who just dropped down the pitch and died. Look, as a Christian, you must understand, he said, God is jealous. You know what it means to be jealous? If my wife loves somebody else apart from me, that's what's called jealousy. If my people trust anybody else apart from me, that is God God is, is against. I say Nigeria is not safe. I'm going somewhere safe. He said, what did you say? I'm going somewhere safe. He said, good, go. You hear what Pastor Christ said when he came here? He said, don't even think for a moment you are safer in any good than me. In Zogutu and Meduguri. Stonewall Jackson, a general during the American Civil War, he said, I am as safe in the battlefield as I am in my bedroom if I'm in the will of God. He was known that he didn't use to dodge bullets. And you know the way they, they used to fight those days? Those were charging, charging. The guy leaves his charge. They said they have picked his clothes before and found bullet holes in them, and he's not hot. Stonewall Jackson said, I'm as safe on the battlefield as I am 
in my bedroom if I'm in the will of God. They didn't believe in danger. In fact, I didn't give him the name Stonewall. I've forgotten his name, but they nicknamed him Stonewall. That he used to stand in the battlefield like a wall made of brick, made of stone. Enemies are attacking, they are firing. He stands like he's telling his men, go this way, go that way. Ben now, mortar is coming. He said, no, I'm in the will of God. I'm not going anywhere. So they gave him the name Stonewall. Now look at him there, standing like a stone wall. So his name became Stonewall Jackson. Well, I was hearing one man preach. What is his name? That healing minister, Corey Blake. Corey Blake said he's convinced that God needed to remove Stonewall Jackson because he was on the Confederate side. Otherwise, the Unionists would not have won the war. So one day he was killed by his own men, by accident. God did not let enemies take him. One day he went to go and check what was happening. His men saw him. They did not know he was the one. They shot him from behind. Corey Blake said, it was just God that said, yeah, remove that man. With him there, America will break in two. So it's not my way to break the country. So he removed Stonewall Jackson. Like it's been said, safety is not the absence of danger. It is the presence of God. It's not there is no danger, so we are safe. No, God is there. We are safe. Do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? I fear no evil. Why? Not because there is no danger, but because the Lord is with me. So we don't run around. You know, that's what we're talking about, the warriors, the overcomers mentality. We don't run away from danger. We don't run away from challenges. We understand that we are redeemers for Christ. I am convinced, and I said to you before, geography, modern geography, is drawn according to the number of the children of God. It's from scriptures. It makes the boundary of the nations according to the number of the sons of Israel. In this, in this modern interpretation is this. That's the latter-day interpretation. is that God, num- he divides countries so he can call them by name. The church in Nigeria. The church in Cameroon. The church in Ghana. That's why he cuts the boundaries the way they are. And rather I'm telling you, he's telling the church in Nigeria, fight for that land, claim it for me. I hope you're getting my point here. It's an instruction. It's an instruction. It's work to do. It's an instruction. That when you hear things like, you just know you are in a battle. Now back to what we've been saying, then be careful. That's my teaching. Be careful on whose side you are fighting. Many people wear the uniform of the army of God, but they are secret agents. For the devil. They don't know. That's the painful part. Read, read the Rick Jonah's book, Final Quest. We'll tell you that demons ride on Christians. Ride them like horses. They do the beating of Satan. Why? With the, how? With their mouths. With their thoughts. With the kind of things that they do. With the kind of things that they say. With how they act. Last time I talked about the prisoners of hope. Say, return to the stronghold prisoners who still have hope. And we explain that hope is necessary. You can't pray except there is hope. Prayer is establishing the hope that God has placed in your heart. Prayer is not to establish your desire. There is a word of difference between your desire and hope. Don't ever forget that. Desire is not the same thing as hope. That's how Christians miss, I mean, we did that for a long time. We misread Hebrews chapter 11. The faith is the substance of things hoped for. We now say, when you have hope, go and look for faith to give you substance. That's not what the Bible says. That when a man has hope, it is because he has faith. Faith is first, hope is second. 
there's no hope until you have faith. True hope. Because hope, the word hope, you know, using the word hope, we confuse it with modern day hope. Bible hope, the modern word is expectation. It's not desire. Modern English word hope is similar to desire. Do you think they will pay salaries before the end of the week? I hope so. Hope so means I need to travel on Saturday. I don't get a lot <laughs> to win. I want to sing the song by Friday. So he said, are they going to pay before Saturday? He said, I hope so. So we now wrongly think that's what the Bible is talking about. Read any commentary, read any Greek analysis of the scriptures. The word, vines will give it to you as firm expectation. Faith is the substance of the firm expectation that we may have. If you have a firm expectation, it is because we have faith. We don't have hope first and look for faith to give it substance. No. You see someone with an expectation. Look behind, there's a reason. So there's a difference. When I say prayer, that with prayer we're establishing hope. What we mean is that when we expect something, like Elijah, he said to Ahab, Go, rush. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. Then he went to pray. It was not desire. It was a spiritual revelation. Once the revival had happened, once the country had renewed their covenant with God, suddenly in the realm of the spirit, he began to hear things. So he told Ahab, run. Everybody, miss. Why? There's an abundance of rain. But there was nothing. The sky was dry. But he said, I hear the sound. What did he go to do? He went to pray. He will pray. He'll tell his servant, look, that one said nothing. So let's stay here. What God has spoken is going to come to pass. Thy will be done in Israel in this season in the name of Jesus. I'm, you know, I'm adding more than we are praying to it now. After a while, the man said, I see something small. That is the dispatch rider. The big thing is coming. Everybody run. You see, that's what prayer did. First of all, he had expectation. Then he went to pray. That is why people without hope can't pray effectively. They can't. You hear them talk. That's how you know the number of Christians who are really praying. Just listen to them talk. One of my colleagues said once, he said, Chief, this country can't get better. I said, shut up. I said, if you don't shut up, I told him like that. I said, my friend, be silent before me. Because if you don't, you will not see good in it. So he said, okay, so I kept quiet. It is only those that have hope that can pray effectively. For us, where does our hope come from? From God's word. From, like, RB time, we call it, from imbibing doctrine. As the word flows into you, it creates something for you. It always does. It's not possible for you to sit down with the word of God, and it will not create something for you. It will create expectation. You just expect things to get better. And don't forget what I'm teaching. It's battle. That which has been created in the spirit, you fight to bring it into reality. Elijah heard the sound of abundance of rain. Then he prayed until the reality of rain came before him. He couldn't pray. You know, I said this example I gave that time is that we like, we know we don't understand fully. We say things that put us in trouble. And, you know, was it, okay, no, it was in Benin I was teaching. I said, don't let anybody fool you thinking human beings can spontaneously develop scientific advancement. They can't. Everything you see, you see that's happening, angels teach it to people. Yes. Angels do. Uh, you see what I'm talking about in the moment. This is where we give ourselves problems. We talk about a man like Henry Ford. And we say, no, no, that's Henry Ford. I wanted to say Thomas Edison. We talk about a man like Thomas Edison. And we say that he tested the electric bulb. 
I've heard different things. 1,000 times 3,000, 10,000. Let's just take 1,000 because 1,000 is a lot. For you to do something like that a thousand times, it is not persistence. It's not persistence. People say, be persistent. Whatever be your vision, be persistent. People have persisted and died. Don't worry about that. People have done it before. It's not a new thing. <laughs> Insanity is doing things the same way and expecting a different result. It's been said. So when the man persisted for 1,000 attempts, it's one of two things. Either he's a complete moron or he has seen something. I'm convinced that second one was what happened to him. The man has seen something. He woke up one morning possibly and rubbed his eyes and he saw light. He opened his eyes, the light wasn't there again. He closed his eyes and he saw the light again, shining from above. He opened his eyes, he didn't see it again. Then he knew he had seen the revelation of God. And he saw those two terminals and something hanging between them, shining. The man said, we just need to find what is hanging between them. So he tried everything. That was why he tried it 1,000 times. If you are sitting on the same thing 1,000 times for no reason, you are a madman. <laughs> that is a matter of fact. Nobody sits on the same thing 1,000 times. Nothing is changing. After a few times, you should know that it's not working. Arise and depart. This is not the place of your rest. That's what the Bible says. <laughs> you are kicking against the pricks. Is that not what the Bible says? When a man is persistent like that, listen to me, it is because he saw something. And I read the story of Charles Towns, who won a Nobel Prize for his own. He said, prophet said that they hear the revelations of God. That was the closest I came to it. That's my scientific experience. I sat one day in the park bench just relaxing. Then the thing dropped on in me like an epiphany. It was a sudden burst of inspiration. I ran back to the lab. It took us two years. We produced the Mesa. He won the Nobel Prize for that. Charles Towns. It, listen, it's when we have interacted with God as his word is coming forth, there's creating expectation for us. That the expectation will now take to prayer and that's why we are persistent. That's why we just finished the series which we, which we call Watchmen on Zion's Walls. The first thing we need to pray for is the church of God to understand his, his position, his responsibility in the nation. But what I'm going to emphasize in this series is as Christians in a country like ours, what are we doing? What, do, what is our duty? You must understand it's warfare we are fighting. The weapon is not fleshly. There are spiritual weapons we are using. Many Christians are misusing their weapons, not realizing it's their weapons they have. They are Christians I don't talk to because Satan has taken away their hope. For that reason, this is where I'm going today. What they do all the time is so unbelief. They so unbelief. I want to challenge you today, like we went with it last time. Make sure you go out every day sowing faith. That's what I want to challenge you, you know, concerning today. Otherwise, your prayer is useless. You must go out every day sowing faith. How do you know you are sowing faith? Check what is germinating around you. One of our brothers said once, he was talking with people in Lagos. By the time they finished talking with him, he started crying. Do you know he started crying? He said he looked at his future. It was black. It was, <laughs> it was bleak. There was nothing there. Just talking to people. Young boy, just leaving school. Just finishing NYC thereabout. And he talked to people. And he started crying. I don't die. What did they do? They sowed unbelief into his life. 
Listen, those things are not, they are not, they are not innocuous. They are not, um, how do I say it? They are not without effect. If somebody shows enough unbelief into your life, you will fail. Guard your heart with all diligence. That's what he said. He said, what you experience in life comes from what is sown into your heart. That's why they come and lie to you that you have, you, in your country, you have the highest number of people living below the poverty line. It's a lie. It's called sowing, um, sowing belief into their hearts so they can come and work for us as slaves. Make them lose hope. Make them lose faith. So they will not expect anything. They will be running up and down. Some of them will drown in Mediterranean. No problem. If you will survive and make it and come and become our slaves so that Africa will win the World Cup again. <laughs> This last World Cup finals, we're all there rooting for the African team. We thank God for Croatia. We bless God for their lives. But, bros, you guys are not Africans. You are playing against an African team. So we needed to root for African team. Then when they finish winning, we dash the cup to France. Say, France, don't worry, take it home. That's what happens. When people's faith has been removed. Listen, on the natural plane, until you walk on people's faith, Africans are not willing to walk up in a million years. We're on the natural plane now. In fact, without the church, they're not winning anything in a long time. Because people have asked me many times, we have a discussion, say, how can they change? I said, only Jesus. There's no other way. What I'm trying to say, because without that faith, the moment a brilliant player rises, and you find he's, in, he's, an, he's a young boy, 17, 18, 19, you know before he's 21, he's in Europe. He's in Europe. You have to beg him to come home. Then he arrives two weeks before the World Cup and he wants to win the World Cup. But where the guy's faith is, check it. He wins the World Cup all the time. France has a whole African team playing the, for the World Cup. And then they, of course, we, we, are, we, are, we are okay with them, you know. Thank God for their lives. We know we won the World Cup. We just gave it to them. <laughs> You know, I'm not a football person. The first time I saw the, Afri- the French team, people were laughing at me that day. I can't even remember where. They were laughing at me. They didn't know my question was sincere. They said, France is playing. I said, where are they? <laughs> Which of these teams? They said, the one wearing, let's say, red. I said, no, now you guys are mistaken. That cannot be France. Everybody says black. <laughs> so they thought I was joking. But no, really, I wasn't joking. So when I laughed, I said, okay, he doesn't watch football. Say, bros, welcome to France. That's how it is. <laughs> when people's face is gone, they carry, you know, go, God, denote your glory. Okay, if you see someone, these scriptures are so real. They open their gates wide and they bring the wealth of the nations to them. It's in the Bible like that. What am I going to say? It's not without effect. If people speak to you all the time and they're taking away your faith, and you must not be one that will take away people's faith. We are in a battlefront. God has determined some things. He has cut the boundaries of the nations. And he said in each country that I have created, I planted my people there. And I want, him, I want, I want them to redeem the whole land and make, make sure Jesus is Lord in every corner. They are not on the earth to try and survive, make some money, be prosperous. Which is how we interpret. That's why we're running up and down looking for where I can be comfortable. That is called entangling yourself with the affairs of this life. Paul said to Timothy, a true soldier does not do that. 
a true soldier is more concerned about how you please the person that sent him to battle. For that reason, he endures what? Hardship. I like King James. He endures hardness as a true soldier of Christ. So the more we describe what is negative going on, the more we realize we have a battle to fight. And one of the things we must do, which I'm talking about, is sow faith. He said, the soil went forth to sow. I'm teaching today that we are sowers. What do we sow? He said, the seed is what? The word of God. He said, and Paul said, this word of faith that we sow, which we preach. That's what he said. The word of faith which we preach. What we are supposed to do all the time is sow faith into the hearts of people. Sow faith into the hearts of people. You take a person, like our current head of state, you can look at him from different angles, say all kinds of things about him. But the man of faith says, says something else. Listen, as I said last time, people can sit down and analyze, analyze, analyze for you on how all the service chiefs are from his local government. I don't know whether it's true or false, right? but you know what they mean. How this is from here, how that is from there. At the end of the day, what is the conclusion? Listen to this. What is the conclusion? He's a man that is nepotic. He has a plan for advancement of Islam. And the plan is about to be executed. So, talk like that. And then the heart of men start feeling them. They now go to church. Like my wife, my wife went for a church service. Church. Do you know what I said? She didn't go for a PC meeting. No. You went to where? Church. And the man said, let us pray. Today we are going to pray against impunity. Chief of army staff, not. Chief of naval staff, not. Chief of air staff, not. Chief of EFCC, not. Chief of police, not. National security, not. He said, this is impunity. (laughs) Today we are going to pray against impunity. Let us pray. Now my wife carry headphone, put on for ear. They listen to Pastor Kemuti Abina. Me, they talk on radio. They listen to one versus one. So this is not a prayer point, and which I agree with her totally. That's not a prayer point. People of faith, this is how they respond to such things. He said, "Many are the devices in the heart of a man, but only the plan of God will stand." One simple statement like that, even if what they were in fact is not true, but let's even assume it was true. That simple statement coming from the mouth of Christians in the West, in the Southwest, you know, South, South, Southeast, North, East, you know, North Central, just, you know, just dropping it. Those statements will converge in Asorok and establish the will of God. Not a joke, but I've told it's true. Those statements coming from the mouth, that is just, when they finish, say, uh-huh. who can devise a thing that you come to pass unless the Lord has commanded it? That simple word. They will say, listen, it's not the first time. Now, you're not saying, you're you are not prophesying now against that arrangement because you don't know what's going on. You cannot pray for the country based on newspaper reports. You can't. WhatsApp cannot be... People forward prayer points to me, WhatsApp. I don't read them. WhatsApp cannot be my church gathering. All kinds of human misery. No, 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 no. So we're not even addressing that. We're just establishing that no matter what happens, I sow faith. So when, when anything is going on, when you finish analyzing for me, I will give you a scripture to calm you down. True Christians like talking to me because they know I will produce scripture to calm them down. 
And there's just one thing about this, the use of the word of God. It's not about the situation, it's about God. If you go and read the story of Job, there was no time God explained himself to Job. There was no time Elihu explained the situation to Job. What God and Elihu did was just to magnify God in the midst of Job's situation. Go and read your Bible. The other man was trying to say that maybe you say, ah, they just said, look, what are you saying? Nothing, that's your personal. Let's talk about God. By the time they finished describing God to Job, Job said, you know, I thought I was righteous. I did not know I was dealing with a God like this. He said, I heard of you with the hearing of my ears. He said, now I fully comprehend, understand, and perceive you. I now see you. He said, for that reason, I realize I'm not as good as I thought I was. Now began to repent in dust and in ashes. That's what happened to Job. So when we are talking about situation, we are not there to explain the situation. And that you see, mathematically and topologically, it is good for all, all service chiefs to be from the same area. No, we are not saying that. We disregard all of that, tossing the word of God. It counts us down, counts our hearts down, and we are not afraid. Every time people are trying to provoke people to fear, make you look like you are under attack. I say to Christians all the time, don't ever forget, you are the aggressor. You are the aggressor. You are the aggressor. You are not the one under attack. You are the one attacking. If you see Joshua, Caleb, did you understand what the problem was? <laughs> they were like, you know the way they responded? Joshua and Caleb. Hey, what's the problem? Their defense have departed from them. They will be bread for us. If God, that is, their own attitude was that we have come to collect. Are you getting my point? Those ones said, no, we are like grasshoppers. That is, they are the ones attacking us. We are like grasshoppers. We are not able. Joshua and Caleb was like, oh boy, guys, guys, it's not like that. The way it is, is we can. That is, they saw themselves as the one pushing in. But those guys saw themselves as the ones running away and being trampled down because they are grasshoppers. Listen, as a Christian, when they give you news, you sow faith into the situation. The other day, somebody forwarded I, I mean, I, I got the picture of the Abuja Metro. Many of you may have seen it. Beautiful stuff like that. And of course, you know what people say? And don't ever say it. One of my classmates said, eh, let's see it in three years now. It will be run down and it will not work again. You know, you can look around and find things that are, that are run down and are not working anymore. You know that? But I replied, I said, just like Abuja Airport ran down, and it's not working again. I said, just like Enugu Airport ran down, and it's not working again. Everybody already understood what I was saying. Abuja Airport has not run down after many years. If anything, every time you go there, it's better than it was before. If you, if you, if you move around, every time you get to Abuja, they are completing something. Enugu Airport is improving every time. Wrong way we spot, we'll fix it again. We'll fix it. One day, people abuse Abuja wrong. We abuse Abuja. One, the government. We didn't even know something was wrong. Government told us we want to repair it. Then abuse started. It was supposed to be repaired ten years ago. You did not know until they said they wanted to repair it. You know, some people, Satan has taken possession of their souls. Their mouths can never sow anything good. And my message to you today: Don't be like them. That's my message to you today: Don't be like them. It's as if they have nothing to say apart from something, unless they have something to run down. I don't know whether it's federal government or Ministry of Aviation of F- or FAN or the contractor. One person shall announce that this is a cut-off date. 
by which we'll finish the construction, the repair, everything, and reopen the runway. And if we don't do it by that day, I've forgotten what the, the people promised. Let's make a long story short. We'll suffer the consequences. I can't remember the date. Let us assume they gave, let's assume they gave 1st of July of that year. By the 20th of June, they finished and nobody will talk about it. See, they, no, they say, uh, uh, okay, they finished. They just, they just. <laughs> but if they are delayed by one week, nothing works in this place. The assignment we have as believers is to contribute what? Faith. The swath went forth to sow. I'm challenging you today. What are you sowing? I'm not asking you to be arguing with people, explaining things you don't understand. No. When they finish putting everything together, laugh and toss in the word of God. Say, he that sits in the heavens shall laugh. Say it like that and laugh. Say, at the end of the day, the counsel of God will stand. Remind people that the problem we have is not political arrangement, it's iniquity. Wickedness in the hearts of people. Wickedness. When I say Boko, I say Boko Haram is not our problem. It's the pastors that are our problem. It's not a lie. We know. We know where the problem is. Now, God is granting us peace. It's time for us to start preaching the gospel, advancing it, not settling down, waiting for things to go wrong. Let me give you news. Things will not go bad. They will improve. Since I was a little boy, they've been complaining about a country like this. And while they are complaining, the country is improving. Enugu has almost doubled in size. Why they were complaining? People whine, 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 they be complaining. Power generation keeps increasing. You know our country, people are funny. Once they're not talking about it, they just know it is improving. <laughs> yeah. That's so they go complain. Listen, God, God, look. Oh, God, I think God has blessed enough of us in this country with faith and hope and words in our mouths that he has made it a point that he will have no choice but to release good into the land so that we can preach the gospel. Let me tell you the truth. As a Christian, don't run up and down looking for who will take care of you. Are you getting my point? Know that you are a redeemer. So what you do, you go around, you sow what? Faith. When they sit down and say, INEC, when they tell everything that is wrong with INEC, INEC being Independent National Electoral Commission, when they finish any everything, just say, after all, they don't choose the rulers. God does. In the midst of their efficiency, inefficiency, honesty, corruption, the leader whom God has chosen, the one we have begged him for to give to us, that person will come. Just declare that line. Don't, don't waste your time analyzing with people. You see, they retire this man because they know is from the other local government. And they want the man to come to take over from the other person to not be that. But then you finish, ha! I have people who are master calculators. When they are, cal- when you see their permutation, eh? I have a colleague that, you see, there's a caucus in this university. I said, what do they do? He said, they have decided who will be dean. They have decided who will be provost. They have decided who will be this. Who are the caucus? Ah. He said, Chief, you don't know. I said, no, I don't know. Tell me. <laughs> this is the interesting part. He will say, you know this other person. What many people don't know is that his wife's mother is actually from this particular village and her uncle was the first to do this one in this other village. 
They may not look connected, but they are. <laughs> I'll be looking at him like this. That, are you serious? He said, I'm telling you. I said, no, I'm not believing you. He said, okay, chief, sit down there. Then he'll go back and tell you something. So the time is done. I'll then simply say, I don't believe you. He, <laughs> hey, Christians, you must not be like that. What did I say? Say, I must not be like that. Read the hand of God into everything. Don't let nepotism scare you. Most of Jesus' disciples were brothers and cousins. How do you know that? You think Jesus was the national, national, what do they call that? National character. No, federal character. James and John, brothers. Peter, I think they are cousins. God is very funny. Do you know Jesus and John, cousins? He didn't say that uh, uh, for us to believe worldwide, you have to. <laughs> he didn't do that. Look, my wonder, the counsel of God we stand. The counsel of God we stand. The counsel of God we stand. Amen. I said the counsel of God we stand. Amen. I said the counsel of God we stand. Let's say one more time, the counsel of God will stand. In this nation, the counsel of God will stand. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let's rest our faith. Let's sow faith into the environment. Let's sow faith into the environment. You see, what I will get, look, that's what we are doing every day. Sow faith. Sow faith into the lives of your wife, your children, your friends, your church. Into my life too. Don't be quick to believe evil. You are getting what I'm saying? So faith around you. So faith in your own, in your own life, in your own business. You know, many people, eh? federal government is blessing people every day. This federal government. Sometimes we analyze it. Eh? I won't lie to you. Do you know that they try? You know they call it they try? They try. Well, people are denying themselves. If government says everybody come for it, they say, no, it's, they have chosen who they want to take. I told one of our brothers, ah, I've used to preach many times. You know the story. You finished school, needed a house job position. He said in the institution where he trained that he doesn't know anybody. So they said, okay, apply for... He wanted to stay there, but he said, I don't know anybody. So he didn't apply. So he went to where he knew somebody and applied. You know, I told you, God will not let you go. He was going to carry you, train you, flog you, disappoint you, punish you, restore you, bless you, collect the blessing back, Warn you, give it back to you, <laughs> until you trust him totally. When God, he, he told me the same story. He told me the story by himself downstairs after Bible study here one day. He says, "I didn't know what happened to me." I said, "What happened?" He told me that story about it. He said, "The place he went, they didn't take people that period. Then where he refused to apply because he didn't know anybody. They got now I can't remember the exact figures, but assuming they got forty-five applications, they needed fifty. Are you getting my point? So they took every single person that applied. And God did my brother no malaya. God did him time. He looked at himself and said, what? That is not knowing people would have made no difference if I just dropped my application. They were still looking for people more than the ones that applied. He said he learned his lesson. You know what happened? His faith was taken away. This is our country. When you hear many things going on, but people won't bother. You know, 
It's, it's government thing. It does not work. And it's working every day, blessing people. What's the name of this industrial bank now? Bank of Industry. Many Nigerians don't know they actually work. They actually do. And they say every day, nobody, nobody is giving you money for... Why would they give you money? What have you even handled before? A jobless sitting man sitting down there. You know? If anybody comes to you with ideas, kick him out. Just don't be drawing ideas. So boy, you are drawing ideas for 500 million. Here is 5,000. Go and do something. I want to see that 5,000 at the end of one month. Said your mina has made two minas more. That's what I want to hear from your mouth. Don't be asking me for 500 million. The truth is that look, great things are happening. They are helping people who really can be helped. You know, you, you know have you heard the kind of nice people say this before? Hey, God, God is only rich because government helped him. Your God is, you are poor because your God has forsaken you. <laughs> you know, since Christians talk, there are things you should not say. If you, okay, God is rich because government helped him. You, what happened to you? God forsook you. If government can make a man die rich, what can your God do for you? There are things you shame should not let you say it. In case you don't know, I don't, Dangote is not my personal friend though. But Christians are praying for him every day. God raises people up. And, now listen to this. When you two are ready for government help, they will help you. In case you don't know, American government invested one, almost a billion dollars into his refinery. I remember every man knows where his bread is buttered. Please don't join all these negative people who life will have no choice but to frustrate because they don't have hope anymore. Let's begin to sow faith into our environment. First, let's sow thanksgiving. Say, Father, thank you. Thank you for the privilege of working with you. Thank you for the privilege of hearing the things we hear. Thank you for understanding. Say, Lord, thank you for opening my heart to know you. Give the Lord thanks. Say, Lord, I thank you because you are God. Uh-huh, that's good. Thank you. Say, Lord, you are God. Say to him, Lord, you are God. Say to him, don't keep quiet. Say to him, Lord, you are God. Say, Lord, you are God. Say to him, Lord, you are God. Come, keep quiet at this time. I said, so. The soil went forth to sow. The seed is the word of God. Say, Lord, you are God. Lord, you are God. You are God over Nigeria. You are God over my environment. You are God in my life. You are God. Circumstances around, they are not God. You are God. Nigeria parties are not God. PDP is not God. APC is not God. The head of state is not God. You alone are God. And you rule in our affairs. Declare. Say, Lord, you rule in the affairs of this nation. Lord, you rule in, this, in the affairs of my life. Lord, you rule in the affairs. You are the most high God. There is none like you. Let's start with that. Lord, there is none like you. Say to him, there is none like you. Nobody has the power you have. Nobody can do the things you do. If you command peace, there will be peace. If you withdraw peace, there will be trouble. And no one will be able to stop it. We lift you up and acknowledge you as God. Tell him he is God. Tell him he is the ruler. Say to him, Lord, I believe it. I believe concerning this nation, only the counsel of God will stand. Say, Lord, I sow my face into this land. I declare that only the counsel of God will stand. As your church, remember, the church is the senate of God, the ecclesia, the lawmaker. We make our laws again today. And we declare that from the north to the south, from the east to the west, you are God. 
Your counsel will stand. Concerning your church in this nation, let your will be done. Let it be exalted. Let your people learn truth. Let them preach truth. Let them practice truth. Let them love the truth. Let them love righteousness. Let the spirit of apostleship come upon your people again in this nation. In the name of Jesus. You are God. You are the Lord of the harvest. Say to him, you are the Lord of the harvest. You are the Lord of the harvest. Only your counsel will stand. You are the Lord of the harvest. Only your counsel will stand. Say, Lord, I give you thanks. Just give me thanks. Now begin to pray for yourself. Say, Lord, I commit myself to you. I, I, I dedicate myself to you again as a sower of faith. Take a few minutes and say that. I am a sower of faith. I'm a sower of the word. I'm a sower of faith. I am a sower of the word. I do not sow unbelief. I do not sow unbelief. In the name of Jesus, my mouth is pure. My words are seasoned with salt. My words are seasoned with salt. My words give grace to those who hear them. In the name of Jesus, my words, when they come out, they remove fear from people. They establish people in faith. My mouth is an instrument, an oasis of truth. Brings forth words that comfort. My words minister grace to the hearers. In the name of Jesus, declare, declare it. My words, commit that tongue to God. You say, I am a sower of the word. I go out to sow the word. I respond to every situation with the word of God. Say, no corrupt word comes from my mouth. But that which is good and edifying. I minister grace to the hearers. Declare, say, no corrupt word comes out of my mouth. But that which is good. That's from Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29. But that which is good, that which is edifying, that which ministers grace to the hearers, that is what comes out of my mouth. In the name of Jesus Christ, declare, declare, commit yourself. Say, Lord, this is my commit. That this is my commitment to you. These words will not spread strife in this nation. My mouth will not spread strife. Oh, these are the days of forwarding. My finger will not forward anything that will spread strife. In the name of Jesus. I speak words of reconciliation. I speak words of faith. I speak words of hope. In the name of Jesus Christ. I speak words of faith. I speak words of hope. I speak words of faith. Words of grace. In the name of Jesus. Declare it. That is my declaration. I commit myself to this Lord. I declare today. That every word that comes from my mouth will be the word of faith. This is the word of faith which I preach. Paul was speaking. Say, in the name of Jesus, I am a swore of the word of faith. I respond to every situation with understanding. Declare it. My mouth will not sow strife. My mouth will not take hope away from people. My mouth will not take hope away from people. In the name of Jesus. Uh, let me tell you this story again. I, told, I, I, I saw it on TV. <laughs> a doctor said, he never takes hope away from his patient. Not anymore. He used to do it. Americans with, <laughs> I like one thing Andrew Mark said. He said, I don't no need to get people's hopes up. He said, that's exactly what they need for their hopes to go up. He said, they may be disappointed. He said, it's better to aim for the sun and get the moon than to aim for the earth and get it all. 
Doctors abroad they are trained to give facts and not give you any hope. If you have a sickness, they will tell you 75% of people like you are dead in two weeks. They come to your bedside and say it with a blank face. I'm not saying you will die, but people like you are all dead. <laughs> so this man said, he had a patient, and the patient had a particular disease he thought. So he told the patient that people like you die. He said, you get worse over the next one year. By the second year, you get very bad. At the end of the second year, you are likely to die. And the man believed him. And he got worse as he was told. And he died as the doctor prophesied. And they did an autopsy on the dead man and found nothing wrong with him. American doctor, don't abuse Nigeria again. They found nothing wrong. He said, the, doctor, the patient died because I told him he would die. He said, since that time, he learned never to take hope away from, their, from his patients. So the person interviewed him. This is not a Christian program, just National Geographic. The person interviewed him and I said, okay, what if a patient has a disease that 90% die within five years? He said, I will tell the patient, 10% live beyond five years. So I won't focus his mind on dying. I will focus his mind on living. Listen, what you sow, now I'm not talking about what you sow into your heart, what do you sow into people's hearts? That's my message today. You must not be an agent of Satan. When people finish talking to you, they lose hope. It's not good. What a man sows, that he shall also reap. And you sow. <laughs> it's not good. Give people hope. Hope. A man fails an exam, comes to you. Don't tell what is wrong with yourself. You fail, don't worry. You will try again. You will do well. You just need to practice some more. I had a student that before she would go in for exam, she would call me. And I knew why. Exam is starting now. Maybe they're about to enter the hall. Good afternoon, sir. Yeah, how are you? I just want you to know the exam is about to start. I knew, I, I knew what I was supposed to do. I said, don't worry. Let us pray. We'll pray for 30 seconds. I said, don't worry. You will pass. Just go in there. Do your best. There's nothing to scare you. You know, we just talked, right? Before I finish the talk, laughter on the other end. Okay, so I <laughs> that laughter. That is what you are supposed to do. Minister grace to people. There are doctors that people don't like talking to. When I was in a clinic where I used to work those days in Lagos, when you had the two, two patients were talking about our gynecologist, I knew this man's career is over. There's no way. If he starts a private hospital, it will close. They say, what is wrong with himself? Ah, ah, you just said that. Better come home. Better your patient will just die off. Your child will just die off like that. That's how he used to talk to patients. And when he's talking, he's loud. So the women were there. What is wrong with himself? I just, if this man starts a private hospital, no, no, no man, nobody's going there. Nobody's going there. What people want, listen, and that's how God did it too. Listen to me. You must be one that sows hope, faith around you. So faith, you know, this, oh, the world is full of unbelief. We have a responsibility as a church of God to sow what? Faith. faith. Declare to God again, Lord, this is my mouth. It's a sower of faith. Say, I will sow faith into the life of my friends, the life of my wife, the life of my children. Everywhere I go, I sow faith. I don't sow unbelief, I sow faith. I minister grace to the hearer. I minister grace 
I minister grace. I minister grace. Declare to the Lord. You are making a commitment today. That's what is called seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Say, no unwholesome word will proceed from my mouth. Only the word that is good for edification. According to the need of the moment. A word that will give grace to those who hear it. Give the Lord thanks. Because you have been set aright. You are a sower of faith. Give the Lord thanks. Say, Lord, we thank you. Begin to give him thanks. Say, Lord, we thank you. Say, Lord, we give you praise. Say, Lord, we give you praise. I know it shall be well with me. It shall be well with me. It shall be well with my friends, my church. The church of God in Nigeria is well with her. It's well with her. It's well with this nation. It's well with this nation. It's well with this nation. It is well with this nation. In the name of Jesus, it is well with this nation. 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 It is well. It is well. Let's declare again in the name of Jesus. From the north. To the south, from the east, to the west, every corner of this nation, we the church of God, the senate of Christ. Yeah, we are, you know, we are his lawgivers, you know that. Yes, we are the lawmakers of this nation, in this country. We are God's lawmakers. So we declare, Jesus is Lord. God reigns. He is the ruler. He is our ruler. Only his counsel will stand. Only his counsel will stand. Men, may Men may gather. If it's not the counsel of God, they will scatter. We are not afraid. Now, please, we are not declaring, I'm not, I'm not leading southerners in prayer. I hope you know that. I'm leading Christians in prayer. I'm leading Christians in prayer. So don't even interpret that thing as whether service chiefs are from one local government or the other. I don't give a damn. If the best service chiefs are from one ward in Katsina, they let them all call from there. Sons of Zeruiah, Joab, Abshai, three brothers were his generals commanding these divisions. When you see general, you use them, you not say this one, go and look for one oaf that's from one balancing local government and go lose, lose battle. So I'm not, listen, listen, I'm not leading, I'm not leading southerners in prayer. I'm leading Christians. Are you getting my point? I don't pray my prayers according to newspaper reports or what's out forwards. We are, we are speaking the counsel of God concerning this land, which he has ordered, instructed. That was why he planted us here. That's why I'm not going to anybody's country to go and look for money. It's my assignment I'm doing. Do you follow my point? It's my job. I'm doing my work. God said, Banky, go to Enugu. Stand on that hill. And proclaim my word to the whole nation. That's what I'm doing. You can't use hunger to scare me. Honestly, don't even bother. Let me lose half of my weight. I'll come here, praise the Lord. Having not eaten, my neck long, I will still preach. Can't use hunger to scare me. You can't use prosperity to attract me. I've heard of pastors running away from Enugu, run to Abuja to go and plant a church. Well, money is plenty there. Problem is also plenty there. Prison is plenty there. <laughs> Let me just say something. Don't believe this gospel that Jesus doesn't deal with people. Though. If Jesus comes to mend you, you will wish Satan was your friend. <laughs> when Jesus showed up, people were hoping that earthquake would be their friend. Rock, volcano, they were hoping that those ones would be their friends. Because Jesus was showing up. 
Long time. He came to, he said, one that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself, calls herself a prophetess. She does not repent. I will cast her on the bed of affliction. Look, don't try Jesus. If he plants you somewhere, stay there. I hope you are getting my point. Mm-hmm. Our job is to establish God's counsel. I'm not a southern Christian. I'm just a Christian. I told the last time I went to Sokoto, not, not this last time, when I went last year to go and preach for PFN there. One of the men that came to welcome, you could see the full aninness of his face. They said, oh, meet pastor Suleiman. Pure full anima. You could, it, it was full and inside out. It knows sharp like razor blade like this. Some of us will fall the rubbish about cutting our believer. Christians, you know, people who are not from our side who are believers, who can't even fellowship anymore. So please, I'm not leading Southerners in prayer. I'm leading Christians. So don't think I'm, I'm praying against impunity. That's, no, that's not my problem, all right? We are saying that only the counsel of God will stand. Amen. That's what we are saying. Let's declare it. He said in the name of Jesus. The head of state will do the will of God. He is doing the will of God. Please, I want you to believe that. I want you to believe it. I want you to believe it. Remember, it's fight. Your faith, you are using it to declare something. That it is written. His heart is in the hand of the Lord. He will do the counsel of God. In the name of Jesus Christ. Say it again, in the name of Jesus. The The head of state is doing the will of God. His vice is doing the will of God. They send the, the, the members of the house, they are doing the will of God. In the name of Jesus Christ. Say, God is granting us peace. In the name of Jesus. We will advance the gospel. We will not be satisfied with prosperity. When I use the word satisfied, that is so that I will not sleep and forget. Are you getting my point? No, it won't happen to us in the name of Jesus. But we will advance. Say it, we will advance. We will push the word of God. We will broadcast the gospel of Jesus. We will save the lost. We will broadcast the gospel of Jesus. This nation will be filled with the knowledge of Christ Jesus. Say it again, this nation will be filled with the knowledge of Christ Jesus. As the water covers the sea. In the name of Jesus. We will arise. We will go. With the gospel, we will arise, we will go with the gospel. Every corner of this land will be filled with the word of God. We will be filled with the word of Christ. We will do our work. We have the grace. We are sufficient by the sufficiency of God that he has planted inside us. We will not be complacent in the name of Jesus Christ. This land is blessed because we are the salt of the earth and we will not lose our saltiness. Just put up your hand and give the Lord thanks. Say, Father, we thank you. Say, Lord, we thank you. We give you praise. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed.